This is a Bulldog Radio Podcast. It's the MVSP Podcast with Brandon Worth and Joe Nagy. We got a great episode for you guys today. Donis Harris of the Ferris State Cross Country and Track and Field team is joining us pretty shortly. We got a pretty good episode of the Ferris State Sports Report as well and some Super Bowl and maybe a little bit more after that. Time willing, we'll see what happens. But without further ado, Brandon, we're going to swing it on over to the interview with Donis Harris. Now joining us, my teammate, Track and field cross country specialist Donis Harris is with us. Donis, welcome to the show, man. Hi, right, thanks for having me. Donis, it's really good to have you on the show and in the studio. It's going to be a blast. Uh, so, first question: We were talking about about it a little bit off of the air. Uh, you know, student athlete light is already tough, but now being a student athlete and an intern working, that's got to be even tougher. Can you go a little bit into what it's like, kind of balancing an already hectic student life along with that? Yeah, it's definitely, uh, you got to be good at time management. Uh, luckily, I only have one class this semester, so I only have three credits. But I'm working probably between 50, 60 hour weeks and then running on top of that. So I really don't do the schoolwork until the weekend comes around. But uh, it's online, so I'm flexible there. Nice. Yeah, and uh, obviously with your internship, there's been times you haven't been able to practice with us and haven't had run some hard workouts on your own being at the top level. What has that been like transitioning from team-oriented workouts to going out and doing it on your own? Because I know that's very tough as it is, especially like in the summer, but now you're doing it in season. Yeah, that's the hardest part um, is by the time I'm out of work, it's usually dark or even in the morning it's dark. So running alone in the cold, Big Rapids winter, uh, it's definitely tough. But once I get out the door, I... Um, it's not too bad. Uh, I'm just trying to make the best out of what I have. So Yeah, for sure. And I mean, this upcoming weekend, you'll be up with the team again down in Grand Valley uh, Friday and Saturday. What's kind of the approach now, especially with it kind of coming to the end of indoor season, a couple more weeks left, but you, know, you want to finish strong and get ready for outdoor? Um, Yeah, so these next few weeks are really going to be big weeks. The first few meets have just kind of been there to get your feet wet and see where you're at. Uh, condition-wise, so hopefully in the next few weeks we get some good competition and get out there and run some good races. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to run this weekend. I know you're you're pulling a double by the by what we've heard, which is crazy, um, just, uh, just to let you know. But um, uh, you've had some great times overall already this season, already been proving on some record-breaking performances. What's what's the goals for the rest of the year? What are you, what are you shooting for? Um, well, I mean, the goal tomorrow in the 5K is to take a shot at that school record for the indoor 5K. Um, we ran under the time for that in outdoor, so now it's just a matter of running the same time indoor. Um and after that, I mean, we'll see how we feel Saturday well, coming off the race Friday. So that might just be more conditioning-wise. And then hopefully we're still in good shape for Gleax in two weeks. What's kind of like the biggest – I mean, it's a shorter track, obviously, in indoor. But, like, what's the biggest difference, like, when you get to a meet, like, kind of preparing and stuff like that to, you know, have those long runs where it's a lot more laps and it's a lot more kind of turns and stuff like that? Yeah, so in terms of, like, the running itself, it's – it's all the same essentially you're just going in a circle yeah uh the difference between 12 laps and 16 laps at the end of the day your mind kind of just blocks it out it's a lot nicer taking out like the weather variable as you have outside because it's always essentially seven degrees and sunny inside so that's always one like guarantee that's nice yeah uh what is the 
what's the pre-race playlist? I know walking on walking into the walking into the stadium or go walking on the bus. What's yeah, what's, good, what's getting you hyped to go bumping in the, that What's mark? bumping in the headphones to get you ready? Oh, uh, I mean, honestly, I don't really listen to music. <laughs> I'm looking at the meets. <laughs> But if it's got to be anything, it's got to be Kanye West. Oh, all right. <laughs> oh, big yay guy. Me too. I like Kanye West a lot. Did you watch that, uh, the concert that one time? Like, it was kind of a little bit ago, but it was the Drake and Kanye concert. No, I didn't see that one. I actually went down for the Donda one down to Chicago this summer, so that was pretty exciting. That must have been sick. That was, that was a pretty cool one to watch kind of on the live stream and stuff like that. But to go back to high school, you're from St. Clair. You went to St. Clair High School. There's also a couple other Bulldog athletes who are from St. Clair. Ben Davidson, to mention one, and it says in your bio that you ran for John Davidson. Is there any kind of relation to that? Did you see Ben walking through the halls at all during school? Yeah, me and Ben actually... Uh, graduated the same class, so uh, we essentially kind of grew up together. Um, his dad was my cross-country and track coach, so I kind of was right there with him the whole time. That's really cool. Yeah, I didn't know that, so they're cool stuff to learn every day. But uh, back in St. Clair, obviously, had a great high school career. I'm um, able to move on to the next level. What was kind of that moment when you're like, yeah, I want to I run in college and I want to be a collegiate athlete? What was that moment like? It was probably the first race of senior year. Um, the first three years of high school was kind of more there for a hobby than really competition-wise. And then uh, I kind of realized after my third year that I only had one left, so I really started better taking it seriously. Uh, I trained real hard in the summer and then had one good race uh, summer of senior year, and that's kind of what realized, like, yeah, I might be able to take this to the next level. For sure. And then did you kind of play any other sports in high school? I know you said how you kind of treat it as a hobby the first three years. Did you, you know, kind of expand what you were kind of training for, especially like basketball, anything like that? Uh, yeah, I played basketball freshman year. Uh, didn't play much, sat the bank. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I think after freshman year, I just realized like I can benefit more from training cross country and track wise in the winter. So that I stuck to that. Okay. Now, legend has it, though, you threw down a couple of dunks. Is that true? No. You, oh, you bouncy? Man. You got any bounce over there? I actually was only 5'6 most of my high school career. My, really? My first driver's license, the height was 5'6. Really? Hey, that yeah. same thing with me. I, I was a late bloomer, too. On my on my license, it says like 5'4 or 5'5, five five, so I was a short guy. <laughs> I was a short king, too. That's insane. And what's your, what's your official height now, then? 6'4. Uh, Dang. That's a Look growth that. spurt, ladies and that. gentlemen. That's insane. But uh, obviously indoor coming up with the conference championships looking up. Uh, is there any guys that you're shooting for? Is there any guys that you're, you're looking up and saying, you know, I want to go get that guy this year, be able to score? What is the What's the mindset going into the conference championships? Um, I wouldn't say necessarily one person in particular. Um, probably sit down with the coach a couple days before and just figure out, all right, these are the races that I have the greatest opportunity to score points in, and that's the races we're going to run. Um, probably not really go out there for time-wise, but more just competition. For sure. And then especially with, like, I know we talked about a little bit, but, um, you know, going to the meets and stuff like that and making road trips, and, you know, you got long ones, you got short ones. Brandon obviously has talked about it to me a little bit off-air, but what's it kind of like for you to get ready for those, you know, road trips, as well as having to deal with Brandon on the road? I know he's a wild guy <laughs> when he gets in the van, but what's Party that? animal. I know, I know you're a party animal, but what's that kind of like being with a team, and especially with uh, the long road trips? Yeah, yeah, so for indoor, most of the time, we're just at like Grand Valley or Saginaw Valley, so it's, it's short day trips, nothing yeah. really too crazy there, but... Uh, when we do start traveling for like outdoor across and we get in the van, we all drive down. I mean, it's eight to 10 guys in a van for eight hours. So there's definitely a lot of bonding <laughs> there. Um, 
Yeah, but Brandon, he's not. He's pretty quiet. He just sleeps most of the time. Fact check, true. <laughs> I was gonna say. I mean, I, I will, we, we talk about it, but Brandon's a pretty chill guy. So uh, I, I will understand say, that. I used to think that I was like the. The, the quietest, the guy that sleeps the most on the bus rides, that has changed over the last year. Yeah. So I'm very surprised. Uh, I, won't name, I won't name names or anything. But final question for you, Donis. We appreciate you taking some time. Out of all the things that you've been able to do here at Ferris State, you've broken some records, you've been able to hang out with the team, you've been an athlete for multiple years. What has been your favorite part and favorite moment about being a Bulldog? Uh, so I wouldn't say one moment in particular, but probably all the late nights at the Rock. Uh, all the team activities because that's really what makes it more of a family rather than just a team so yeah, those exactly, are good times. yeah i mean i remember freshman year i'd see you guys i'd see like the cross team kind of in that one corner right by the door <laughs> it's you our know, corner you know i know it doesn't matter rain snow sleet shine whatever it is when it's like late nights you'll be able to find those guys at the rock so that's pretty cool yeah it is a great time adonis thank you so much for joining us and we appreciate you taking your time yeah thanks for having me Once again, big thanks to Donis for coming on the show. We know he's busy with, you know, work, athletics, being a student. All those three things are getting pretty tough for him. But he's got only a little bit left to go. But, Brandon, we got a big Fair State sports report coming up. Brandon, why don't you bring it on in? Yeah, not only this weekend, but even next weekend, Joe. You know why? Red out, baby. Red it's out. It's red out week, y'all. Everybody needs to come out to the basketball games, both men's and women's, Monday, February 14th, 5.30, 7.30 p.m. Exclusive special promotion stuff going on, donating for women's heart health, including signed basketballs for the silent auction items, as well as other various auction items, gift baskets and more, all available for bidding on Monday, as well as Friday and Saturday, we have the two hockey games at home. Our final regular season finale games of the regular season will be will be taken on Lake State. There will be more there, as well as, uh, hint, hint, uh, signed national championship football. What? Uh, yes, what? it said it. It's going to be there. You can bid on it and all other great stuff, including um, our buddy Brendan and all the other hockey guys signed a stick as well. You can go see those and all the promotional items. You can follow the Sports Crews RSO on social media. Uh, they will can find them around various businesses. I know there's some distribution going on of flyers, so stay in tune for that. It's going to be a blast. Me and Joe are going to have a good time. You can find us somewhere in the whole thick of it, the chaos, wearing our red shirts. I'll be up top, tweeting away. You know where to find me. So yeah, you know, I'll be on the I'll be on the floor on the the main tables mm-hmm. doing my thing. So it's going to be a good time. I'm really looking forward to it, especially getting we – need, we need a crowd like we've seen at Grand Valley for the mm-hmm. basketball games It's Monday. a great cause, too. So show up. Come with your friends. Come with your family. Come with your, your special significant other since it's oh, Valentine's, it's Valentine's Day. Day. What a best way to spend it than at a Fair State basketball game. It's yes. going to be a blast. It's going to be fun. And also, for, for the male listeners out there, I know flowers are expensive. There will probably be – a one bouquet going around for the sweetheart of the game. And you can get it for... <laughs> you might be able to get it. What a way to start it out. But, Brandon, I think we should hop right into the Fair State Sports Report. Now, before Red Out and before Northwood on Monday, we got to head up on to the Sioux for Lake Superior State for basketball, at least. It's going to be a pretty solid one last time. I know we talked about it a little bit Tuesday, but Lake Superior State is a fairly good opponent on the men's side. So it's going to be a good game for them. They got a pretty good spot, especially uh, with them kind of being middle of the road of the GLIAC. Uh, we only beat them by about 15 last time. We did come out a little bit slow, but... 
you know, it's a different ball game when you have to travel to somewhere else when you've already played a team at home. So I'm pretty excited for this one. But Brandon, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, looking back at that game back earlier in January, we definitely started off a little slower. Um, I think to start the game, we were down uh, on a bigger run. I'm checking to make sure um, on my notes here. Twelve. It was a 12-4 run to start the game. So that's the definition of starting off a little too slow. Um, but this team has definitely showed us that they're a second-half team. And, I mean, if we haven't seen a hungry Bulldog men's team yet hit the hardwood, we're going to see it on Thursday because we haven't seen them coming off of a loss in over a month now. So, I mean, and the, the last one was one of the greatest games I've I've ever seen in college basketball together, which was the two OT thriller against Minnesota Duluth back in the second. So, I mean, it was it's going to be really interesting to see how this team comes out. We got punched in the mouth from Davenport. Things happen. I mean, they got us. I mean, we shot the ball subpar in our in our book. Some teams would be accept those kind of a numbers, but we would mm-hmm. not accept that because that's that's we know we're a better team than that, and we're ready we're ready to show it. I know these guys are hungry get back on track like the like Spears gonna come in with a little confidence I mean I think they got the they got the edge over GV just recently and just the fact that we, we beat GV and now it's you know that we're coming off a loss they're, they're gonna have a little bit more hope especially on their home floor than we have in years past and it's a tough place to play but we got to shut down guys David Wren Malik Adams don't let them get their shot shooting opportunities make make other guys score lock down the paint get some boards get on transition and light it up that's the key to success yeah, for sure. I think if we really look forward to it, while Keller's probably going to be stepping up, I think he's due for another big game. Dude. And really, really step up here, uh, especially with only about five or six games left in the regular season. Uh, you know, they, I won't say they need him because, you know, Dorian and Lee and Ben and stuff have been able to step up in his, I won't say absence either. It's just that he's had a little bit of a slow start for these past couple of games. But I think he's really due for a big, you know, 25, 30 point game that we're used to seeing from the start of the year. And what better way to do it than a good Lake Superior State team? I think we're going to be able to really find our stroke with shooting. That's going to be a big uh, ask for the guys uh, uh, upcoming, especially tonight. Um, but. You know, Lake Superior State's a great team to you know get back on track, especially after the loss against Davenport. They're a good team to get a win and get some get some rolling going. And you know, Northwood coming up Monday is going to be a big one too because those are going to be a tough tough team, especially with Jack Ammerman. He's one of the top scorers in the league. I think he's right behind Walt. I think he's only behind like like point two points, point three points, or something like that from the past couple of times I've seen. Yeah, uh, on and those Jake's gr- up there as yeah, well. Yeah, Jake Van Tuberkens is up there as well. So Walt, Jake, and uh, Jack are the three guys who are you know leading the Gleak in scoring. But mm-hmm. Northwood is no slouch of a team either. Yeah, and I think Trey from uh, Parkside's also up in that yeah. conversation as well. He's him, one of their I think better him players. And, uh, Jake Van Tuberkens kind of switch off in and out. Yeah, in, in and out the top three. I think so, but we got we got what it takes to beat this team. I mean, we saw a lot of great advantages against this team um, back in the the January twenty second game when they came here. We had the size advantage. Logan Ryan. We went um, there. I mean, it was just a, it was just a really good thing to see. Um, them getting them getting able to get the boards, get the rebounds, mm-hmm. and being able to really control the presence in the paint. And I hope we see that again. I mean, I believe if I remember the stat line, he had uh, 11 points, 13 rebounds. Logan did, um, as well as Vejas had uh, a couple boards as well. So For sure. we're, we're going to have the advantage, I think, physicality-wise. And, I mean, I, lo- I love what we're seeing from our guards as far as doing things off the ball defensively. I think our on-ball defense has gotten much better over the year. So, I mean, just locking down those guys. Don't let them fire up too many shots on their home rim because that's, that's how they're going to try to beat us. That's how they got us early on in that game was they were able to, to get it inside and out and get good looks. But chase them off the line, make them have tough shots, and 
do our thing and we, we should be in good shape. For sure. I mean, 101 to 78 is a pretty you know, good margin of victory from the last time we faced the Timberwolves. And I mean, when they're here, there's going to be a good crowd, especially with Red Out. It's going to be a great time. We're going to be wearing our red jerseys, which is going to be a cool little uh, snippet for you guys who are going to be come watching the game. But it's also going to be solid because we're breaking up, you know, a four game away stand. I mean, two games with that important like state that are going to be away. And then, you know, we got Northwood and then two more. We're going to be on a big road trip. Uh, for Wisconsin Parkside and Purdue Northwest, who are two very winnable teams, but still, you know, you're on the road, and then you're going to come back and play Michigan Tech and Northern Michigan, who, you know, are some of the top teams in the GLIAC. So that's going to be a tough, uh, tough uh, ending of the season for us, but I think we'll be able to pull it out, especially, you know, getting two wins this weekend and uh, at the start of the week with Northwood. Uh, we're going to be in a pretty solid spot. But do we want to see who else is playing in the GLIAC this weekend? And I mean, next we week? might as well, Chow. What's the GLIAC scoreboard? sure. The Wildcats in Northern Michigan are going sailing. They're going to be going to Grand Valley State University to play them. It's TBA at the start time, but it's going to be Thursday, February 10. Uh, so tonight, not sure when they're going to be starting. Pride of Purdue Northwest are going to be taking on the Warriors of Wayne State in Detroit. Uh, Michigan Tech is going to be traveling up or down to Davenport uh, to take on the Panthers. That's going to be a good game. Davenport probably trying to look to get a little bit of a roll going and get some more momentum before the end of the season, especially taking down a good team like Michigan Tech. And then the Rangers of Parkside are going to be taking on the cards of Saginaw Valley. 8 o'clock tonight. All these games are basically at 8 o'clock and 7.30. And then Saturday, some teams, we're not going to be playing Saturday, but the rest of the GLIAC is. Uh, Michigan Tech is going to be playing Grand Valley, so they're going to be playing host of the two or the two farthest away teams in the UP. Uh, and then Northern Michigan is going to be taking on Davenport, so it looks like they're going to be staying down uh, in the lower peninsula for the weekend, so that way they don't have to make two you know fifteen much two eight hour bus rides. <laughs> no worrying about uh, getting for them. stuck. <laughs> so that's going to be a good game as well. Uh, Purdue Northwest is going to be taking on Saginaw Valley, so the two. Uh, out-of-state teams are going to be taking on Saginaw Valley 2 uh, this weekend. And then Lake Superior State is going to be trying to take on Northwood that Saturday. Kind of warm them up for us when we take them on on Monday. And then Parkside is playing Wayne State. So Wayne State is playing host again to both Parkside and Wayne, and uh, Parkside and Purdue Northwest. And then obviously Monday, Northwood's coming to town. So it's going to be the Battle of the Dogs. Timberwolves versus Bulldogs. You know how that's going to end. Bulldogs on top as always. Go dogs! I'm a knock on wood. Yeah, absolutely. But both teams are good on both sides. We'll get into the women's side here in just a second. But I mean, Northwood's going to be a very good caliber team. Like this can be a great game. I'm not going to. We're. I've, we can't hype it up. You know, his anchor bone. We can't hype it up his GV. We get mm-hmm. that. But it's going to be a really good game. And I know it's. I know, guys. It's a Monday. I. I, I know it's. It's going to be. It's going to be weird. And it, it's probably just going to be, uh, a little bit out of the comfort zone. But. Come out, like please, have like, some fun. We like I don't know if anybody saw the the game on Saturday, all the highlights and the stuff. It was an absolute rocking arena. I mean, it was one of the most fun games that I've ever been a part of here at Ferris. I mean, it was awesome. If we can get that presence again, it's going to be an absolute special night all the way around. It'll be a very enjoyable day for Valentine's Day, um, and you can watch both those games as uh, we previewed the the men's side. Now we'll go over to the women's side. Um, I mean, Lake State is going to present some um, a little bit of challenge. Um, I definitely think we're going to be in a good position to succeed um, with um, Lake State. They're just been on a tumble lately. They they just haven't gotten back on their feet really since that that COVID um, pause. So mm-hmm. it's been tough for them, and we we really have a chance here. But here's the biggest thing I think about it. 
I think this is a great chance to to see what the bench can do as well. Yeah. I mean, we saw a lot of the bench in the in the first game. I hope we see more of them in the second game because it gives them confidence. Being able to see Samantha Krause come off the bench lighted up from deep, seeing Ellie Dykstra being able to score and get the boards, as well as Amaka Wunabaka, Maya Hiram inside as well. And then Grace Sullivan, Deshaun Day, they're improving each and every game, and it's good to see that. So getting them minutes as well as the starters are going to obviously have their own successes as well um, just makes that whole team confidence going up, especially with that tough schedule we got, including Northwood who's a very good women's team, talented wise on the other side as well. So it's going to be good. Um, I mean, really it's going to be a, a really good trip, I think, for us, just preparing to gear back up. Uh, a little bit of break in the in the schedule, not necessarily because sometimes it's good to get out of the routine a little bit, I think. I mean, hey, Joe was just on another microphone and he said he enjoyed hey, it you know for that it interview. Is. You know so sometimes you just got to break it up uh, to keep your team succeeding because sometimes when you when you when you keep following the rabbit hole and you do it constantly constantly sometimes you get so accustomed you might trip on the route on the way there that you you always step over just because you know it's one it's one step in the right direction but it's a step you've already taken before you can think about it you know what i mean For so sure. sometimes you got to step back and say oh okay let's break some of this stuff up let's get back to what we do best let's get back to the fundamentals and let's play some good basketball and some and i think really for the men's side the Davenport game got us. We, we tripped over the road in that game, in that analogy. So being able to do that. Women's side definitely needs a little bit of bounce back. The GV game was a heartbreaker. Um, but we're going to be able to, I think, get the bounce back against Lake State and move on into a tough game against Northwood where I hope we play our best basketball. It's going to be fun to watch. I hope they light it up from deep. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, like Superior State, when you look at it, they're coming off a 57-point loss against Grand Valley, so they're going to be Ouch. really hoping to you know play a little bit better. But I think that's good for us because if we do put in you know some of our, our, our bench players and kind of get them a little bit more playing time, it's going to be a hungry Lake State team. Like I'm not going to lie, I'm, and I'm not going to, you know, I, I'm going to be blunt. That is the worst loss I've ever seen in a Gliet game. That is a terrible loss. And you definitely know that the coach for Lake Superior State, the players, they feel it too, and they want to come and shock the world against us, and I think that's going to be a good thing is it's not like I don't – I think we'll be able to you know get a good victory, but also making sure that our bench players get put in against a team that's hungry is a big thing too to get them some improvement. But Northwood as well, I mean, the women's game is going to be at 530 on Monday, and that's going to be a good one as well for Red Owl. Going to see the Red Unis too, so that's going to be a good time. But, you know, Northwood's going to be a little bit more of a test, but I think it's going to be solid uh, for – for some improvement for a lot of our girls. Yeah, I mean, Northwood's going to present some challenges, especially on Monday on both sides. I mean, the women's side, um, starting 14-7 and seven so far this year, they've been great, uh, and they're definitely going to be a team to watch. I mean, they gave Grand Valley a tough test back in January, um, and they'll get to play them again. They just came off of a, a heartbreaker against Wayne State, which we ended up beating them. Mm -hmm. um, so, But, I mean, they've also beat Saginaw Valley, who's beat us. So take that with a grain of salt. But, uh, I mean, they got a lot of great, talented players on that team. Um, they, they really do a great job of playing um, very um, complimentary basketball. They can do it inside and out. They shoot the ball pretty well, 41% from um, the field. Uh, their three-point percentage is a little bit lower, uh, but, I mean, take that with a grain of salt because, you know, I mean, every game gets differently, but um, this is a team that likes to get on the boards. Uh, they like to get out and transition, and they're they're willing to play fast. They're, they're willing to get out and get a couple buckets and sacrifice some turnovers, so that'll be definitely something For to, sure. to look forward to on the, the women's side. I mean, the men's side, 
Uh, I mean, I think we're going to see a scoring fest. I think this might become a track meet based off of what we saw last year. Was it two years ago that we saw? It might be another Minnesota Duluth type game where it's going to be a very high scoring matchup, which I'm kind of excited for because we haven't really seen that from the men's side in a couple games. We've been slowing down a little bit on the scoring uh, side. But I mean, you know, I'm pretty excited for it. I think the game you're talking about was the game that we watched Mm -hmm. freshman year. I think that was like the first time we actually hung out together. Uh, what memories that was? Uh, oh but yeah, man. We that won was a that. while ago. I know, isn't that crazy? That was yep. three years ago. Uh huh. Dude, that was the day we were introduced to Jack Ammerman. Yeah, that was crazy. I think he ended won. up beating us. Yeah, no, he... we won, didn't we? No, yeah. we lost. No, we lost. We lost by like five, but it was like ninety-five to hundred or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think Jack Ammerman had like thirty-five. Yeah, he went. He went pretty crazy. So, so that... Jack Ammerman has improved, and he's been getting a lot Stop better. That so guy. <laughs> Stop that guy, and I think he'll be pretty solid. So Walt's gonna have a tough. I won't say a tough time because he's a lockdown defender as well. So I'm gonna be excited to see how he matches up against Jack. That's gonna be good, uh, and a lot of these other players are going to be up for a good test. But, Brandon, I think we should switch it now to the ice. We got another Lake State game. Men's are heading up to Sault Ste. Marie to take on the Lakers. That one's going to be good. I'm pretty excited for this. We ate, we split with them last week. Last time we played them when they were at home, you know, a, a sweep is going to be good, and it's going to set us up well for this late season push that we're kind of building a little bit. Uh, but, you know, dogs are rolling, and I'm really hoping we can roll through the Lakers. Six. That's what we need. Six. We need to get six. Let's get the sweep this weekend. This is a very gettable sweep for us. I know it's going to suck playing in the Sioux. I know it's gonna, it's a, such a tough place to play in that arena. I know such it's going to be hard. Such a place, too. It's not yeah, really well it's, it's like, I mean, I know, like, oh, some people probably wouldn't understand this reference, but for me and Joe and all CSAA uh, former alumni playing in the big Rapids gymnasium was always a change because of the lighting and just how that well, place. They, that, that one, so the big Rapids wanted, like, all the lights shine on the court. Like it's like the actual like place is not really super mm-hmm. lit up, but the court is like all lit up. So it's oh, like a yeah, weird yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. I'm saying it's a change in lighting wise altogether. Yeah. Like it takes a little bit to adjust to, which is similar to what this arena is like as well. But it yeah. kind of a little bit more of the opposite. So I know I know what you're saying, but I mean this team has a, a lot of potential to get six this weekend, and I mean it's really what we need. I mean, the fact is Lake State's coming off of. Really, I mean, they played some of their best hockey on the the 28th when they beat uh, Northern Michigan, and then they ended up falling into an overtime. They haven't played since. Yeah, they had. They've had a week. And them had a bye week last week. Yeah. So, but I mean, you can put it into comparison. You can look and you can you can put all the the stats together and compare them. Lake State's had Northern Michigan's number. Northern Michigan's a good team, but they just had their number. They won three out of four this year against them. So you can. I mean, you look at what that the challenges present themselves. I mean, Lake State's, I would say, uh, a, f- a fairly good fundamental team. There's times where they're kind of hit or a miss when it comes to especially the offensive side. I mean, there's yeah. there's games where we've seen they've put up 30, 40 shots, but there's been times they've put up single-digit shots. And that, that's yeah. definitely one of the things that seems like they're always... Like, you can kind of bet on them having... They're kind of like us. Like, they're going to play a good game, and the second game you're not so sure. Like, that's kind of what the, the MO of our team has really been this season, and they've kind of followed that path a little bit. But I think the biggest thing is being able to control the puck, being able to get good passing and getting good looks, as well as defensively being in position, I think, is going to be important. We found ourselves out of position a couple times. Yeah. Uh, and I think there's been just – there's been some times where we've just kind of 
lacked focus a little bit and I know that's kind of hard for me to say and I don't mean I don't mean that to say like I know everything about this team and whatever but there's been times where it just seems like we kind of fell asleep you know where there's simply there's simply a back pass to the blue line goes under like the guy's bit, yeah we get it's like a little bit lulled and especially like those times where we have a little bit of a there's been a couple times where we've changed lines and like We've given up a, a little offensive push for the other team, and that's not something that we really want, especially for Lake State, who can really capitalize on those opportunities. But, I mean, they're two, like I said, two very winnable games. We need to win these two games, honestly, because it'll switch us places with Lake State in the standings. I think it would get us within two or three points within Northern Michigan, which will be good because we're playing Northern Michigan uh, for the last series of the regular season. Uh, we got Michigan Tech in between the two, which is going to be a very tough one. That's going to be the red out as well for next week. Uh, so show up, show out. We'll talk a little bit more about that on Tuesday and Thursday of next week as well. Uh, but, you know, Lake State last time they were at uh, A. Wiglaben, they showed some pretty good uh, offensive prowess from their D-men as well. Uh, they are pretty pretty well adverse with that. But like you said, sometimes they toss up a quick little single-digit shots on the board. So I think if we are able to hold them down to, to that, and we got uh, Noah Gearsbreck now who they haven't seen in goal yet, which is very good for us. We got Logan Stein who can step up, and I think he's going to be doing really well. The defense is kind of really showing out a little bit and kind of holding everything down now. Uh, so if we're all playing on our best, on our best, we've talked to Brendan and uh, Connor Fedork in class. They're excited for it. And they're you know getting ready to take on take on the Lakers, which I think is going to be really solid for us because two wins might be coming our way. Yeah, I mean two wins is definitely the mo. Uh, I think if there was a prediction on this game, I think it's going to be low scoring. I mean, I mean de- definitely you yeah, can judge one, that. two, or two, three. One yeah, of the it's not going to be the seven six slugfest we had against Northern Michigan a couple or a couple uh, games ago. But I mean, it's going to be interesting. This is going to be a good defensive. This is going to be a good defensive test for us. I think. Yeah. I think this is a game where we have the ability to lock down their offense and give our offense unlimited rips. So I think this is going to be fun. I mean, Lake Superior has a good defense as well. So this could turn into that 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 classic nail biter. I mean, who's gonna who's gonna find the net first wins type of game? Really, it could turn out to be that way. So I mean, it's going to be fun. And I mean, really. Gearing up that defense is going to be important this weekend, especially sure. going against Michigan Tech, because we know that team can play fast, play physical, and find the net often. So that's going to be a big test for us. So tuning it up for that game. That's the big one. Mm-hmm. And then we got Northern coming up after this. But six points this weekend, especially with where the standings are at, mm-hmm. crucial. Be a huge, huge and, momentum boost mm-hmm. for this team. And quite the schedule on the docket for this weekend for uh, the CCHA. Bowling Green is going to be soaring on up to Houghton to play the Michigan Tech Huskies. They're going to be rolling off a quick little 8-1 victory against Northern Michigan last week. So they're going to be rolling. Uh, we're obviously going to be taking on Lake State. And then St. Thomas is going to be traveling all the way up to Fairbanks to take on the Alaska Nanooks, a wow. very good and formidable team. One of the two D1 hockey teams in Alaska. So that's going to be pretty cool. It's pretty interesting, interesting to see, though, because Bemidji, Minnesota State, and Northern all have bye weeks this week. They're not going to be playing until uh, next weekend when it's almost a full docket of teams that are going to be playing. So we'll go over that a little bit more next week. But we got a pretty low slate of games uh, for this week if you want to catch the CCHA on Flow Sports and Flow Hockey. So going to be good. It's going to be a good one. I mean, I've enjoyed watching watching some college hockey in the in the spare time. Not on flow hockey, hockey, of course, but I know Joe watches flow hockey more than I do, and I think it's a great platform. So, uh, definitely fun if you need something to watch this weekend. Watch some hockey. Watch our dogs. Hopefully, get six <laughs> points because that's what we need. We need it for this playoff. I need push. it. Push. <laughs> Everybody needs it, Joe. Everybody. The fans, the players, the coaches. 
Whole nine yards. Wait, wrong sport. You know what I mean. Anyway, yeah, anyway. moving over now. Track and field is in action. Your boy is scheduled to make his debut yeah, yeah, in this yeah. season. I'm Brandon's excited. running, baby. He's back for a vengeance. He's ready for the revenge tour. He's been injured, but you know what? He's going to run fast. He's going to run hard. And Brandon's coming out here and taking everything. He's taking names, baby. Okay, Ain't so that right, Brandon? Give me a high five. I love your confidence. Can you give me some of your confidence? No, I'm just kidding. I, I'm really Blind confidence. That's my, that's, my, that's my tip for you. Blind confidence. Doesn't matter who you're running against. Just think you're way better than him. Wait, what's the saying? Start fast. Finish fast, run fast in between. Yes. That's all I have to do, right? Just stay fast and you'll be able to win. That's fair. I'm not putting any expectations on this meet. Respect. And I don't want to because I'm frankly like, I think I'm in, I'm, I'm in, I know where I'm at condition wise. I know I'm not where I want to be, not even close, but I know I'm definitely better than what my mind tells myself. So I'm looking forward to see what I can do um, and really gear up. I mean, indoor. I'm excited to, to really get down and ho- I'll hopefully be able to get, count, qualify for conference and be able to run that one out. Mm-hmm. But outdoor is kind of going to be the more of the focus at this point since so I missed half the season. But being sure. able to really get back on track, being able to get some good races and get some confidence boosting for a good outdoor season because I think that's where I can really make my mark based off of what the timeline is now. But, I mean, we got a lot of great we got a lot of great performances that could be coming this weekend. We're going to have a, a really a, a packed load of teams going to be showing up. Division some Division One, High D two, Elite D three, D. Um, I was almost saying D four, but that'd be NAI schools that'll be in there. Everybody there is going to be fast. Big meet is is big. I know it sounds stupid to say that, but it's it's a big meet, and I think that's the huge premise of the name. But I mean, I'm really looking forward to seeing what everybody is is going to be able to put down in that quality competition. I mean, we heard from Donis just now uh, a little while ago about his expectations and being able to look at those times and those the guys that he's going after. Uh, I know I got some names and I have some times that I'm going to be probably looking to go after with low expectations though. Um, but it's going to be a really good meet. We've had some really good performances from both sides. I mean, we saw a lot of great performances last week at Grand Valley for a mm-hmm. lot of the athletes. I mean, we had a couple guys breaking uh, 16 in the 5K for the first time. We had some guys uh, winning some heats and winning some flights um, over the last couple over the last couple meets um, as far as the throws. And we've had some good sprinting performances. I'm really looking forward to seeing how this team does in these. Tier, top tier competition because just like Donna said at this point of the year we know where everybody knows where they're at now it's time to lock it in tune it up and let it rip especially coming up at the end of the month where it's GLIAC time baby and frankly some of the teams that we're going to be facing it's the last time we might run against them probably yeah. not but kind of got to go in there acting like it because we we have Northwood in our sights we can go after them absolutely it's going to be a big weekend for improvement some debuts can't wait to see what you do, Brandon. Going to be very proud of you, no matter what, as a friend, Brandon. So just remember that. No matter what happens, I ain't, I ain't going to stop being your friend. Unless you lose really bad, then I think it'll be a little bit embarrassing. We need to talk about the future of the podcast. But oh. we're going <laughs> we're gonna, to we're gonna hop into tennis now. Uh, you know, Two more games until we host a quick little re- uh, regional games against Walsh and Hillsdale. But we got Finley and Tiffin this upcoming weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Two very good teams to help us prepare for a quick little homestand that we got coming up. But... I mean, I'm pretty excited. I've talked to Josh, who's in one of our classes, about you know 
tennis and stuff, he's pretty looking forward to these two games. And we got some good teams who are going to be helping us prepare for these GLIAC uh, games coming up pretty soon. Yeah, we've had we've had some some run-ins with these teams before. Um, I, two years ago, um, some of them got us, uh, especially in a, around this time of year when we played Finley and, T- uh, and Tiffin. Uh, last year was a little bit different story. We got a lot better on track that way. Um, so I think really when we look at where this team is at, you kind of have that natural comparison of you know, it's the same path we've seen so far as what we saw last year. You know. Started off with an exhibition against Western. Kind of get punched in the mouth a little bit. The fact of the travel by itself, people kind of take it out of proportion, especially when it comes to collegiate sports altogether. Yeah. No matter what the sport is, adjusting to an environment, adjusting to a gym, takes a lot more time than you think. And I and I mean, I can put this into a track perspective 100%. Just because every track's 400 meters does not mean they are all the same. Not even close. And that kind of goes with a tennis court, too. Tennis courts very often, especially at the pro levels when you're talking, could be clay, could be dirt, could be grass, could be turf. You never know what you're playing on. So, I mean, you you do know what you're playing on, but you yeah, got to keep, mean, yeah. you got to continually adjust. And that goes strictly into tennis as well. So, yeah. I mean, you're going to have a lot of great things to see from this team. I can promise you that. I mean, Coach Doran and that team really have have it good going for them right now. And, I mean, we saw a lot of great things from the Aquinas games. And, I mean, me and Joe are hopefully going to be able to uh, make it to next week's games covering them for the Torch. little spoiler, you can also check out the Fire Pit, our podcast that we just made up with the guys there um, from yesterday on Spotify and wherever you get your podcasts as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, really, it's looking at let's dial it in. Let's get it ready. And we're still getting the feet wet. So, being able to really get these games under our belt, use them, and, and take this stretch of games going into where the, they'll travel down for spring break to play. Um, again, in all Florida, I think is going to be huge. And then you come back, and then boom, there you go. It's GLIAC time. It's regular season conference play. And then you got some tough out-of-conference teams as well. So it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to seeing what this team is going to be able to do, especially um, the upperclassmen that have been here before. They are very experienced. Um, and, I mean, this team's looking for a second ring, so for time, sure. time to go. Very much looking forward to it. But I think, Brandon, at that point, we're pretty solid. So we're going to take a quick little break and hop into the second half of the show when we come back. If you like hearing me and Brandon go on and on about Ferris Sports, you can thank Anchor.fm for that. Anchor is a perfect place for you to one, record, distribute, edit your podcast, whatever you want to do. Anchor is going to help you do that. They do a great job of getting your podcast on a whole bunch of different platforms. I think it's like eight or nine or something that they do for our podcast. But yeah, if you want to go out, make your own podcast, do it yourself, Anchor.fm is a perfect place to start. They helped us get our start, and I'm sure that they can help you as well. Finally, second half of the show, it's Super Bowl Sunday, y'all. And I'll tell you, one team I think we kind of expected could be here. Another team, completely Not so much. Surprised. Not so much. So it's going to be a great Super Bowl weekend. I'm stoked. Joe's stoked. And we'll tell you just why we're so excited for the Super Bowl in just a second. Sunday, February 13th, 6.30 p.m. start, kickoff, Eastern Standard Time. The L.A. Rams will be taking on the Cincinnati Bengals for the chance to take home the Lombardi Trophy. What, what a, a story. Weekend. I know. I'm pretty excited for it. I think it's like 
honestly, it's like a it's like a writer's dream because you have you know Matt Stafford who spent so long in Detroit, and now the first year he's gone, he's in the Super Bowl. I dude, I called this right when he got traded. I said Rams are going to the Super Bowl. You, you can did. count it. I and I've said that, and I know that they're going to win, and that's who I'm rooting for. But I had no clue that the Bengals would be here. I mean, two years ago they were you know worst one of the worst teams in the league. Joe Burrow, first overall pick, gets injured last year, and then now he's led his team to the Super Bowl. Unmatched confidence, unrivaled ability that he has. But I think when you look at it, it's going to come down to uh, you know a defense versus offense. It's going to come down to how well the offensive line for the Bengals can hold down that incredible defense of the Rams. I mean, you got Aaron Donald and Von Miller, who are two guys who can get through basically any offensive line, and the Bengals' offensive line is not the best. Yeah, And you'd think that a team who could get to the Super Bowl but would be able to have an offensive line that didn't make their quarterback scramble all the time. If you look back when they played the Chiefs, Joe Burrow was scrambling like the whole fourth quarter, basically, because the pocket would collapse on him. And I think that's going to start from start to finish for uh, for the Rams. They're going to get a lot of pressuring. And Jalen Rams is going to get put on Jamar Chase, so he's going to try to lock him up as best as he can. And, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be sort of high scoring. I think it's going to be like a 25 to like 30 type game. I'm kind of hoping. But, you know, the Rams got home field advantage. They're at SoFi. Bengals, they do have a pretty big fan base, I'd say, now across the U.S. because of just the Cinderella story in general. But I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to a great weekend, hanging out with some friends, watching some good football. It's a bittersweet moment because football is going to be gone for a little bit up until next fall. But... Boy, oh boy, am I ready for this? Because the Rams are going to win. Matt Stafford is going to get the ring. And it's going to be a good time. Wow, okay. Are you sure Cincinnati won't pull it out? I nope. mean, hey, you never know. Should I should I pick the Bengals just to be contrary? We'll get into our picks. Don't do just, it. We'll Don't do it. Picks. We'll get to our picks in just a minute. But, I mean, this is a, a really fun matchup. Just the fact of what we're going to be seeing could turn into an offensive slugfest. And then you have what some would say is an overrated defense against what some would say an underrated defense, right? We knew the Rams this season were going to be coming in with one of the best defenses in football. I mean, you got Aaron Donald by yourself. We'll put you in the top 10 conversation because that dude's a stud. And just all the pieces that this defense has been able to acquire and has been able to be able to put together for this team for this moment has been the key to their player development. I mean, you look at a lot of these guys on the defensive side of the football, and you're like, man, a lot of these guys, you're kind of like, I don't I don't necessarily know if they are in the same ballpark as guys like Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey, and those guys. But they've been, they've been holding up their end of the bargain really well. I mean, Nick Scott's been great. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got guys like Darius Williams that have been underrated in the cornerback spot. You've got Leonard Floyd, who's got a really good resurgence here in Los Angeles. You've got Ashawn Robinson, a former Lion, going to be in the Super Bowl. So... I mean, we have no question, I think, that the Rams' defense has the edge as far as um, looking on paper at defense versus defense. But Cincinnati has also been very good at being able to wreck chaos in the big moments. And that's been a key to getting their success in these games so far. I mean, that's how they took down the Chiefs, was those key turnovers, especially the one to start overtime, really won the game for them at that instance. And then, of course, you got Money Man McPherson that can knock it down anywhere, anytime. I was going to say, anytime. if it gets within like two or one point, if it comes down to a field goal and Bengals have it, give the Lombardi trophy to the Bengals at that point because Money McPherson is just nasty with it. Yeah, I mean, I think when you look at how the Super Bowl is going to 
be looking on paper as far as what we're going to watch. I mean, I'm really interested to see how both offenses passing wise are going to attack the defensive backs. Just because, I mean, we got we got so much experience on one side. You got guys like Matthew Stafford. You got guys like Cooper Cup. Uh, you got guys like Sony Michelle that are very experienced. Um, some of them in bigger games. Some of them have not been to the bigger games yet. And then you got the young guys, right? You got Jamar Chase. You got Joe Burrow. You got Joe Mixon. Well, kind of. He's kind of older, but you got so many of these other players that like they don't haven't played in these big games. So really, it's kind of the battle of young. I wouldn't say young versus old. I don't think that's. I don't think that's fair to say. I think it's experienced versus unexperienced. I think yeah. is the more. But I, I'm really looking forward to seeing these two teams score off in what could be a slugfest. But I mean, right now, if if Cincinnati. And those guys, Sam Hubbard, Trey Hendrickson, those guys can put pressure on Matthew Stafford. I mean, we might be talking this could be a game that the Bengals might be in the position to win it themselves or lose it themselves. Yeah. I don't know because it's like the thing is they have to put pressure on Matthew Stafford and try to get him out of the pocket because he's definitely not as athletic and as agile as he used to be. So that's going to be a thing for their defense is just getting that pocket to collapse and just trying to force him to go out and, you know, make plays with his feet. Because if he's able to throw on the run, he can do that. He's able to he's got a great arm, he's got great accuracy, but having him run and kind of get tired early is going to be the big thing for them. But then that goes on the other side of what I already said. It's like that's what their offensive line has to do, is just not collapse. Make us uh, Joe Burrow has to, or gets some pocket time and, you know, lets the play develop and lets Jamar Chase do some work on Jalen Ramsey because once that happens, then I think it's going to be a pretty evenly matched game. But like, I don't know. It's it's a, it's a weird thing because I don't think the Bengals are going to win because when you look at what they've been able to do against the Chiefs, who the Rams are basically on par with, they really didn't show much promise, and I don't think that they'll be able to do that twice. But it's going to be a great one because it's going to be a great quarterback in Joe Burrow who's got confidence up to the moon. And you got the veteran of Matt Stafford who's been to the playoffs, who's proven people wrong so far this season, uh, especially winning so many playoff games and getting to the Super Bowl. I think it's going to be a great thing. So Yeah, I mean, the experience of Matthew Stafford is one that everybody's kind of like, is he really made for these big games? Is he really like... I mean, he was in Detroit, and he was re- stop that crap. And so this is that's a such new, a garbage. This that's is such a, a garbage thing to say. This is a new season, and he's already done it. Have they played their best? No, and that's what you're going off of being completely transparent, and that's not even close to true. That's like going. That's like writing a story based off of one fact in journalism. Like that, there's so much more to it, and I think you look at what Matthew Stafford has around him. I mean, you got the you got guys that have so much talent and they have all the abilities to be able to to win this game offensively and defensively and I mean really it's going to come down to it's going to be coming down to seeing how well Joe Burrow is going to be staying protected I think that's going to be one of the key parts in this game because you're going to have there's no question the Rams are going to bring the dogs almost all night long I think that's fair to say because we know that Cincinnati's offensive line is still struggling and the, for those that are saying they should have picked an offensive lineman, then you wouldn't have Jamar Chase. And then if you would have picked Jamar Chase, you wouldn't have an offensive lineman. They're reaping what they're sowing, and it's working. So past that point, I mean, you look at the numbers. I mean, but Burrow has been pressured, I think, like 12th highest numbers-wise, which is kind of crazy to me to think about because I feel like he should be up there. I think that Cincinnati's going to have the most sacks all season still. But he's still been able to perform almost even better. 
when he's pressured. Mm-hmm. And it's just an insane thing to think about. So I, I'm not counting out Joe Burrow in this one. And I mean, I can play contrarian and tell you why the Bengals could win this game. But I think it's fair to say that the Rams should be the favorites because they're more experienced. And they have a lot of the talent that are experienced in these bigger games yeah. as opposed to the Bengals that are really yeah. a really raw team, but they can still put it down. And that almost might be better in this situation, being how that young, that, I wouldn't call them like young and cocky, but that, that, that sheer confidence of, hey, we're here, let's go get it. Like, who cares what everybody says kind of yeah. motive. And that's well, what we've seen. Two, excuse me. Oh, I got a quick little yawn in there. But like two years ago, like they were in the Super Bowl. Like, Rams were the team to beat. And, I mean, they had Jared Goff, but, like, now they got Matt Stafford, who's even better. And I think when you look at that, and to go off your point of, like, how experience is, like, the big thing, so many, I mean, Von Miller has been there before. He's been a Super Bowl MVP. Aaron Donald has been there before. Jalen Rams has been there before. Like, half of the guys on that Rams uh, on that Rams roster has already been there before, so they know what it takes. And I think just knowing that, like, that – kind of culture of being a winner is a big thing. And Sean McVay knows what it takes to get a win uh, at the Super Bowl on the highest level. It's just like, you look on the other side, and you can kind of compare like a lot of the, or like Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow know what it's like to win. They've won a national championship at LSU, so they know what it's like to play in big games. But, you know, the Super Bowl is the the the, the mecca, the mecca of, you know, of NFL football and, you know, NFL football talent and what you're going to see there. So when you go into it, think like for a lot of these Bengals fans, it's like, the only thing that I'm nervous about for them is just the experience of being there because they have not been there since 30 years ago. And Rams have been there and have been almost there a lot of times in the past five years. So when you look at that, that's the big thing that a lot of critics and a lot of people are wondering about is what's it going to be? Are they going to have like that starstruck type thing where it's like, man, I'm in the Super Bowl, like let's play. Or like they're going to have kind of that you know veteran mindset where it's like it's the biggest game, but it's just a game. And let's go in there and produce. So that's going to be a big thing, too, because Rams know what it's like to be there. Bengals don't. And a big thing about winning is knowing that you've been there before. Yeah, the experience is going to come into play, and that's why the the Rams, no doubt, are the favorites. Um, but, I mean, the running game is going to be really interesting on both sides. I mean, you look at a team that has been riding a, a pretty heavy horse for a long time in the Bengals with Joe Mixon that this is kind of his chance to break it out on a big stage, and that's going to be really look, uh, really cool to see what he can do, where the Rams kind of have a very interesting situation going in, because, I mean, they got Sony Michelle. Yeah. Darrell Henderson's banged up. He's probably not going to play. Um, and, I mean, you bring Cam Akers back. So you got a lot of the guys that necessarily haven't been in the bell cow role, and, I mean, they're going to be eager to get their touches in the Super Bowl, because, I mean, obviously, why wouldn't you? So, But I think you look at where both offensive lines are at, and I think... You like the scheme-wise of what the the Rams can do because they can spread you out and they can run it uh, across the field left and right with spread options. I mean, it would be definitely different if they had Robert Woods. But, I mean, they they still do it with Cup. They can still do it with Von Jefferson. Uh, They even throw OBJ sometimes, getting him involved. So I think you look at what they do and you don't have a question. If Cincinnati likes to go... They like to go physical with speed. They like to get off tackle. They like to get it, spread it inside and out, but they do it more one-dimensionally, and they don't do as much of the spread stuff. 
and all of the the sweep stuff that the Rams do. So how will they adjust in those type? Are they going to throw yeah. more screen passes? Are they going to get T. Higgins out in space? Are they going to get Tyler Boyd on quick outs and see him make them do something? Uh, or are they going to be trying to, to get outside more? Are they going to do more stretch plays? How are they going to adapt to that? Because I think there's one thing for sure. I'm sure they're looking at... Uh, especially number 99 in the trenches. Maybe it's not the best idea to run the ball his way. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, Cincinnati's been able to get theirs on the ground. So there's going to be a chance that they can break through. And if that happens, now what is what is the defense going to do for the Rams as far as changing scheme-wise? Are they going to lock it down? Or are they gonna, they're going to let them run and keep Joe Burrow honest? Yeah, true. And I think the, the one thing that I'm most excited to see in this game is, like, what are the Rams going to do, and what are they going to utilize with Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham Jr.? Like, how is that going to go and be with those two guys? Because I mean, we saw that a little bit in the uh, in the division champion or in the conference championship where they kind of spread out a little bit more. But I'm honestly looking forward to like if they kind of go with a deep ball for Odell Beckham and kind of throw it up and let him do work, or if they do like those quick little slant routes and stuff with uh, Cooper Cup and like kind of let him do work with the open field and stuff like that so it's going to be an interesting thing to see and especially with cam makers and stuff like he's able to get through and i mean the defense i think for the Bengals was going to keep him in it so if they're able to really step up and do some good stuff there then it's going to be looking good but like i said cooper cup and odell beckham jr are going to be the two guys to watch i i have a feeling that you know it's probably those two guys are probably gonna it, the mvp is theirs to lose honestly Ooh, interesting i i mean i can definitely see that uh, I think at this point, if I had to pick an MVP, I mean, I want to see, I want to see Matt get it. I really do. But at the end of the day, it's like, how is it going to evolve around in the game plan? Because, I mean, you know, Cincinnati in this game, they're gonna, there's gonna be times where they stay true, and they're gonna, they're gonna really. Put, be, try to be as physical as they can, but there's just times they're gonna have to they're gonna have to use more speed, especially on the defensive side, knowing what they're going up against um, on the other side with the Rams, because we know that they're gonna be running, they're gonna be trying to turn this into a track meet, right? What yeah. is Lou Ar- or what is Lou Arnoldu gonna do with this defense, uh, and what what is he gonna change as this game moves on? Because uh, we know that. Zach Taylor's going to put the ball in Joe Burrow's hands as much as they can. They're going to let Joe Mixon get it for probably early downs, but it's going to be they're going to they're going to ride Joe Burrow, right? That's the train that got him here. Why would you change anything? Don't don't fix it if it ain't broken. So, uh, I'm really interested to see what I'm really interested to see how that the the safeties do in this game. Wouldn't it be awesome if we had Eric Weddle win the MVP? The guy was on his couch. Literally yeah. going into the playoffs, and then he gets a phone. Oh yeah, I guess uh, sure I can suit up. And now he's playing the Super Bowl. And he said if they win the Super Bowl, he's gonna go back to the couch. Like how how great would that be, right? It would just be incredible just to walk out with us, just play four games and then win a Super Bowl MVP, and then just go back to retirement. I mean yeah. that'd be that'd be the week of a lifetime. I I kind of hope he gets it just for that fact alone, because that'd, that'd be an be amazing funny. story. Yeah, that would be pretty cool to see, and that's kind of an interesting story. Yeah, Raheem Morris, keep Eric Weddle, even though he doesn't want to. Just <laughs> keep him. Franchise tag him, do something. Because that guy's good. He doesn't deserve to be on the couch. But, ah, uh, man, it's going to be fun. But I guess for the, the final couple minutes here, um, there's been there's always going to be the, the, the questions of the prop bets and everything going on in the game. 
biggest question here, Joe, that everybody has their mind on, right? The the world could the the world could be just quiet for the moment in time where the the captains walk out on the field and we're hearing officials' voices and we're having a coin in our hand. It's a simple question, man. Heads or tails? What's it gonna be? Tails never fails. Tails never fails. Mm. You know, that's what my approach was in uh in rocket football. I always chose tails. That's what my approach was anytime uh, somebody flips a coin. I mean, last night at the torch meeting, Dylan Ryder told me heads or tails while he's flipping coins. It was heads, but hey, that still doesn't mean that I'm going to lose faith faith in my tails decision. But hey, Brandon, question though is you're 21 now. You can finally uh, you can finally bet. You're going to be tossing some money on the on the money line, hit a couple uh-huh. parlays. Well, I probably not. Now I'm not there yet, so uh, there there might be a time and a place, but. No, I probably won't be. I think, like, I I love the fact that betting has brought so many people back into sports. I think it's really cool. Yeah. Um, do I think there's an extent that it needs to probably be regulated a little bit? Sure, because, I mean, I think there's a lot. People don't realize how much money's going around in sports books under the table at casinos. It's, oh, yeah. It's a ridiculous number. I don't think it's people realize it. Uh, but I think it's I think it's cool. I mean, you got you got all these like the game props and all these things like the coin toss. What is it going to be? The Gatorade the Gatorade shower on the winning coach. What color is it going to be? How long is the national anthem going to go? How long is the halftime show going to go? Like these things are all crazy to seem like that we're betting on. But I mean, the fact is, I mean, it's going to be just as fun. I mean, I really do think that this is the fans' Super Bowl choice. I mean, we go back to the conference championships, and we had the four teams. The only one I think you might be able to make a slight argument with would have been Chiefs-Rams, because that would have just been an offensive slugfest. But I think these this is probably the most wanted game that we want to see. We didn't want to see the Chiefs again, because yeah, they always win. The, the, the 49ers, we were like, okay, but we want the Rams to get there. We, want, they, we wanted them to be able to show they could get there. So this is the Super Bowl everybody wants. I know. And I think it's this gonna be is a great time. Yeah, I think this is the Super Bowl everybody's you, like. Uh, we want this. We got this. I'm gonna sit down and watch this. Yeah. This is gonna be fun. You hanging out with family at all? Oh yeah. 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 yeah a big party. That you, you guys usually do like a party or anything or no? We usually are. Usually a couple of my buddies usually we usually got together, especially in high school. Uh, now we're kind of separated, doing all of our own adulting stuff. But we used to get together, have some chips, some pizza. We'd watch the game. Uh, and sometimes, uh, we'll confess. I think it was, um, I mean, a couple years ago, you mentioned the the Rams last time they were there. We'll just say that we had two TVs going, and then at one point it was just one TV of, yeah, we're just playing Madden because <laughs> that Super Bowl was just a little too boring, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, uh, I mean, it was, what, 10-3 the final? Yeah, that it was, was like, rough. Oh, it was just, it was a really great defensive game, but. Yeah, no. That's not what we want from the Super Bowl. We want it 54-51. We want Chiefs Rams vintage from a while one, ago. Dude. We yeah. want the big the the big uh game score ones. I'm pretty excited though. I think we're gonna have some people over at my house up here. Uh, a couple friends kinda chill out, have some fun. Uh, my roommate just turned twenty one, so he'll be putting on some bets, he said. <laughs> uh so he was saying how he's gonna bet on the how long the national anthem's gonna be, and then I think he said something about the uh I think he's going to try to hit a couple parlays or something like that. He should we'll go for the, the puppy bowl. Yeah, the puppy bowl. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is the one that gets me the most, is that, that people actually bet on the puppy bowl. People, Where have we come people, to a society? People will bet on anything, man. It doesn't oh, matter what it is. Hey, Joe, bet you I can touch the door first. How much money are we putting on it? Exactly. That's what I mean. It's like an instant. <laughs> Betting is, I think, here to stay. 
I mean, for, yeah. for people that are against betting, I'm sorry. It's not going away anytime soon. Yeah, no, it's no too chance. good for the economy. So I think it's, it's going to be fun. It makes the game that much better. I think the I think and the big more thing I think the big thing that a lot of people have a problem with is just how like easily accessible it is now. Yeah. Because I think like before internet and before that stuff, like you'd have to go to a casino and actually go to the sports book spot and like watch the games there and like make stuff. And not a lot of people did that, but now with you know FanDuel, like every single casino has an app for it now. Like you have uh, DraftKings, you know Barstool has a, has a sports book. Like Bet Rivers, you literally have hundreds and hundreds of apps and and websites where you can do that for that's so easily accessible for so many people yeah you have to be 21 but like once you hit that it's like people are betting on random sports that are going on at 4 a.m and stuff and betting on random college basketball games that they have no interest in watching i will say this it makes it more fun to watch games when you have money on it because like you're more invested in it but like yes you know it's just how like you're not really too crazy about it you know yeah, I did do research on this, um, especially with a story for the torch on what brings people into sports betting. It's it's the excitement, it's the adrenaline of the game meaning more than just an outcome on a box score. It's the actual chance of earning something from the game itself. It just gets you that much more attached. But I mean, it's gonna I mean it's gonna be fun. But um, did we formally let's we, let's do it right now? Who's winning? How by how much? For for the Rams, thirty-five to twenty-four. Thirty-five to twenty-four. All right. Do I play contrarian? I think you just gotta go for whatever your heart desires. Oh, that's so tough, man. Oh, I don't know. That's the thing, though. I've bet against the Bengals. I think every time, and they've they've won every time. So I think if I pick them, then they're gonna lose. So then yeah. I. I'm in a lose-lose in this situation. Cause I, I mean, I want Stafford to get his ring. I mean, it sucks as Detroit fans because we wanted to do it in Detroit. I, I will also say that the Rams win this game. So when the Bengals win, do not be surprised, people, because it was all me. Uh, I won the Super Bowl for Cincinnati in this case. Um, so I'll pick, I'll pick the Rams. I'm going to say this game gets a little bit... Maybe I think it's going to start off a little slower, but I think it could get hot as the game goes on. I'm going to take the Rams... Final score, 30-27. to 27. There you go. Those are our picks. Don't bet on them unless you win. And make sure that you, or <laughs> make sure you let us. Don't bet on my picks, but if you bet on my picks, you're going to win. Thank you, sir. That's exactly what I wanted to say. But, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're on. Enjoy this wonderful week we have coming up. The Super Bowl to kick it off. Red Out Week coming at Ferris State University as well as a bunch of great sports coming up here in the month of February. Guys, it's getting started. It's getting hot. getting heated. It's going to be an awesome time. But make sure you follow, subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on Instagram and Twitter, at the MBSP. But until next time, take care, everybody.